Hello, welcome to Game Changer. Monday through Friday, David Villa and our crew dive into God's Word and talk about how to take principles from the Bible and apply them to our daily lives. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our host. All right, guys, good morning. Welcome to Game Changer. I'm David Villa here with the crew. What up, what up? What's going on, y'all? As Sam Mike. The original mess. The original mess. We're back. It's Wednesday, and uh, we're going to dive into day three of games. We've been talking about grace on Monday. We've been talking about attitude yesterday, and today we're going to talk about inspire. Inspire. I'm excited about today's uh, today's talk. I'm excited about the comments we're going to receive, and um, I'm excited about what God's going to do. Amen. 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 So today we're going to talk about, we're called to inspire. We're called to inspire. And uh, maybe you never looked at it that way. Maybe you never looked at that, you know, I am called to inspire. But I want to I just tell you, you are called to inspire. God's called you to do that. And you go, well, what are you talking about, David? You know what I mean? I don't get in front of people. I'm not the, I'm not the person that's going to stand behind the pulpit and preach. I'm not, you know, I'm not an author. I'm not writing books. I'm not doing a podcast. I didn't say you were called to do that. Maybe you are, but that's not what inspire is. That's just one way maybe we can inspire others, but there are a lot of ways. And each and every one of us are called to inspire. And let me just give you the definition of inspire and and, and kind of fill this in a little bit. So the word inspire means to fill someone with the urge or ability to do or feel something, especially to do something creative. So if you inspire someone, you are depositing into their life. So let me just start by saying this. You know, um, when, you, when you add to someone's life, when you give, give to somebody's life, when you contribute to someone's life, you're inspiring them. When you, when you lead someone to Christ, when you give an encouraging word, when you, when you share a scripture with somebody, when you pat someone on the back and pray for them, or you let them know that you're there for them, or you help them move, or you help them do something, you're inspiring somebody. So inspiring is literally filling somebody with the urge or the ability to feel something. So can I just say this? The as a believer, you are you have the urge or the ability to do this because God has inspired you, right? His word inspires you. The life change that came about has inspired you. The fact that you are transformed by the renewing of your mind and God has inspired you based on the fact that I my life was here and then I had this encounter with God and then now my life is here. And you you might not be perfect and you might have not arrived yet, but you feel the inspiration to share what God has done in your life with someone else. And then so you urge someone to feel something, especially something creative. And let me give you another slant on inspire. Inspire means to excite. It means to encourage. It means to breathe life into. So, I mean, God's, God's breathed life into us, right? I mean, in the Bible, in the beginning, and it's just a symbol of what he's done over and over again spiritually, but in the beginning, he looked at Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and he said, hey, let's create man in our image. And he fashioned Adam out of the dust of the ground. But then he did something very interesting, right? He inspired him. So creating him and building him, right? You had these, these, uh, these, these Barbie dolls, some of you ladies and some of you guys, you had these you know, He-Man dolls or the Ken dolls, right? And you look down and you see them, and they are, they are fashioned 
and they have little arms and legs and you can see their eyes and their features and what have you, but they have not been inspired because there's no life in them. So God took the dust of the earth, fashioned man, and then he inspired man because he breathed the very life of himself into man. And so it means to excite, it means to encourage, and it means to breathe life. Inspire comes from the Latin word that means, listen to this, this is going to be really cool, to inflame or blow into. So basically, that's what inspire means. You think inspire just means like, you know, if I can just, you know, you watch this podcast and maybe, you know, you feel like that's a form of inspiration. But what really is inspiring is about it is not is not just me or someone talking. It's when we breathe the word of God and the message of God over the airwaves and they touch lives and then they excite you or encourage you. Look at my my daughter Ashton. She is uh, in Maldives. They are 9,000 miles, I believe, away from where we are right now. I don't know what time it is there, but her and Matias are watching from the Maldives. Hey, guys, uh, congratulations. They just got married this past Saturday, or, and uh, what an, what an uh, awesome couple, and I love you guys so much. I miss you. And uh, just to see their comments coming in there. So It is currently 534 where they are. 534 p.m. p.m. Okay, so I was like, there is no way they're up at 5.30. Ashton's not up at, Ashton's not up at 5.34 a.m. for anything. Like a fire is in the house, and Ashton's going to wait until literally the, 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 the flames are singeing the edge of her legs before she gets up. <laughs> and I don't know if Matias is any better. But, hey, I'm glad you guys are, I'm glad you guys are there and watching. That's so awesome. So we're talking about Inspire, and I even wore my Inspire sweatpants, man. I got, I got a pair of... Uh, uh, Top man sweatpants that had the word inspire on them. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna wear those today. I saw them in there and I was like, man, this is gonna be um, we're gonna get we're gonna get the whole experience. So so if you if you question whether or not you are an inspiration to somebody, let me just let me just encourage you and tell you that inspire means to excite, encourage, or breathe life into. So God breathes life into you and I. And in turn, it is our responsibility to breathe life into others with his word. And then the byproduct of that is, is excite somebody. How many know that, you know, when you really, the, the things that you're most excited about in life as a believer, the things you're most excited about in life are attached to people. They're attached to your why. They're attached to life change. They're attached to real tangible things. How many know that, that when, you know, you, you can get excited about, you know, the Bucks game or you can get excited about the Lightning winning. And, you know, that even as, as exciting as it is, it's already faded away. But when you have something that is life-changing, life-altering, and it has to do, and it's attached and tied into eternity, that excitement, that excitement is an inspirational excitement. And so it comes from the Latin word that means to inflame or blow into. So when you inspire something, listen to this, it's, it's as if you are blowing air over a low flame to make it grow. <clears throat> it's, you're, you're infusing oxygen into the flame. That's pretty powerful. You know, fire is a pretty powerful thing. You know, um, I mean, I don't know. You, you'll see traffic come almost to a dead stop if there's a vehicle on the side of the road on traffic on fire. People will literally stop to watch something burn. You'll walk outside and you'll smell smoke. You'll look across maybe a field and you'll see somebody burning, you know, some sort of trash or debris, and you'll stop and you'll watch it 
burn because fire is inspirational. And, and when, you, when, you, when you inspire somebody in the Lord, you're breathing air over the flame of their life to help it grow. You are impacting. I, I want you to stop discounting what God wants to do in your life. I don't care about your pedigree. Your degree doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter about your resume. Your experience is irrelevant when it comes to the Lord. God takes the unqualified and he qualifies them in him. And so I want to encourage you to buy into the biblical definition of inspiration and realize that you have been inspired by God and in turn, God has called you to inspire someone else. Can I just say this? I know Mike has, I think you have a comment, right? So I want to say this. You were born to subdue, innovate, encourage, influence, and inspire. So we buy into subdue, we buy into innovate, man. We're like, hey, we're innovators. Oh man, you know, I got this great idea, this, this, this great business, this great product, right? Hey, I, we're called to encourage, we're called to influence. You know, I'm, a, I'm an influencer, right? I mean, we're influenced on posting and social media, but did you realize you were also called to inspire? So you were created, in other words, to excite. You were created to encourage and you were created to breathe life into others. That's powerful right there. Yeah, it is. I think it's I think it's important to understand too what you're talking about. We were created to inspire and at least for me to kind of bring this into my like my world. My my sense of inspiration is not, you know, I'm not a words of affirmation when it comes to inspiring people. My inspir- like the least for what I see myself as, I don't inspire based on my words, I inspire based on my actions. Mm-hmm. I try to lead by example and I try to be the example that people can see and it's like, oh, you know, Mike's been here for 12 hours and he's still going hard. Like, I want to do something more. Not necessarily talking myself up. Like, that's my way of trying to inspire. Um, I'm wearing a shirt today that I really actually wasn't even thinking about it when I put it on this morning, but it says stay kind. Mm. Um, And I got this shirt because it it reminds me of another one that I wear um, that basically just means stay kind to everybody and allow, I I want that to kind of be an example that I'm living by my my life by recently, which is allow my kindness to inspire other people to be kind because I feel Mm -hmm. like that's the one thing we're missing in you know, society today is just kindness overall. Right. Um, so that's where my inspire my me trying to inspire others right now is is just be kind, just be kind to others, be kind to everybody else, and let that be the inspiration that other people see. Let other people see your example and then follow that. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And you know, that's a great point, Mike. You know, we think sometimes we inspire with our words, but inspiration by our actions is just as important, if not more important than our words. Because words are cheap. Sometimes talk is cheap. Sometimes talk is easy. Sometimes talk is nothing more than just regurgitating something you said last year or repeating something that you heard somebody else say. But the reality is talk is cheap, but actions are valuable. And so, you know, uh, I love that. And, and, and so we were created to excite, encourage, and breathe life into. Dumasani, he hit the definition before we, before we read it. We did get to that, that definition as well. Uh, kind of, but the other meaning he said for inspire is to fill with an animating quickening or exalting influence. So it's, I love that animating, animated quickening. So, so, a, so, a quick, so a quickening that happened, a quickening that is maybe out of the box, you know, a quickening that is not, that is not something that's just expected. It's animated or exalting influence. And so, you know, I often said this, you know, motivation is free. Influence will cost you something. 
So if you want to motivate somebody, you can motivate somebody just by tapping them on the back and saying, hey, great job. You can motivate somebody by just doing this podcast and having someone else watch it. And this does cost something as well, but to influence somebody, you know, to be an influencer, to influence somebody, it'll cost you something. There's a price to pay for that. It's different than motivation. Motivation is, is, is what, what we see sometimes and we call influence. But influence, when you become, when you want to influence somebody, be prepared to pay a price for that because there's a cost to influence. It takes a piece of you. You have to pour into, and that's where inspiration really comes from. Inspiration comes from a place of influence. You can't really inspire somebody unless you are in a position to influence them. So, you know, in... in when I get around somebody, can I just say this, who knows and operates in their, in their why, which by the way, is where inspiration comes from. It's where, it's where, it, you know, you need to tap into what's my purpose. Why am I here? Why do I do what I do? I need to make this money, but why I need to accomplish this goal, but why, right? I, I need to, I need to make it to this summit, this mountaintop, but why, if you don't know your why I'm going to tell you anything, anything will do. You know, listen, your why is your, your why is your, is your wife or your husband. And I don't mean literally, I mean, just think of it this way. Your why is like a wife or a husband. It's a marriage. And if you don't know your why, then it's, it's like a harlot. Like I'm just, I'm just, I'm just doing it. I'm just doing it for the sake of it. But there's no, there's no real why attached to it. There's no real purpose attached to it. Don't make your purpose a harlot. Don't make your purpose. Don't cheapen your purpose. So when I get around somebody who knows and who operates in their why or their it, then my why or my it begins to resonate, which means to relate harmoniously. It strikes a chord in me. It's, it's, it's an animated quickening, like Dumasani said. It's an exalting influence, right? It, br- it brings to life. So when I get around somebody that knows or operates in their why, then my why begins to resonate, begins to strike a chord or relate to them. Kind of like when John the Baptist, when Elizabeth, who was the mother of John the Baptist, was pregnant with him, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, was pregnant with Jesus, and they got into the room, the purpose on the inside of the two of them began to relate or resonate harmoniously. And what happened was that John was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb, and, and the, but the babies began to jump. Why? Because somebody that knows their why and operates in it gets around somebody else that understands their why and operates in it. And then there's a resin that takes place. So, so your it or your why and my why become lit, right? And, 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 and that means it's already on fire. It's already on fire. It's, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been ignited. I think one of the most important ways we can <clears throat> love one another the way Jesus instructed us is by encouraging each other. Amen to that. Amen. Amen to that. Still, I mean, encouraging one another is a very, very big thing. Um, and there's a fine line between encouraging and being honest. And then there's a fine line between being honest and tearing down. Mm. Sometimes your encouragement needs to come in the form of just being honest with somebody and saying, hey, you did well, but this is what you can do better. And it's more constructive uh, not, I don't want to say criticism because I don't want it to sound like it's negative, but that's really what it boils down to is, you know, with Ezra and I, um, the way we work together is I can tell him like, hey, this looks really good. This is where you should tweak it. This is, But it's still really good. This is where you should tweak it. And that encouraging just comes from 
day in and day out. Sometimes it's a simple pat, like you said. Sometimes it's a simple pat on the back. Sometimes it's a simple, hey, man, you got this today. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes that's what your encouragement is for other people. That's sometimes what it needs to be. Honestly, that's what it boils down to. Yeah, and, and let's face it, it, you know, life can be hard. And this is why, so when I want to get into the last few minutes here as we kind of round the corner into um, the second half of the podcast. I want to get into why it's important for you and I to be an inspiration to others and why it was important for someone to be an inspiration to you. And, and, and you know, and if you look back at the time where Jesus really met you, you know, he, he most likely used people. He used somebody that was an inspiration that inspired your life. So let's face it, life is hard. God is good. But in the midst of his goodness, we're still living in the midst of a brokenness because we live in a fallen world. So even if you're not broken, you live in the midst of brokenness. God is on our side and he loves us very much, but that doesn't exempt us from experiencing deep pain. And so there are times in this life where, where many of us might find ourselves right on the edge. I mean, you've been there. You're right on the edge, ready to give up on our marriage, ready to give up on a child, ready to give up on our faith. And we might get to a point where we feel like we can't take it anymore. How many have been there before? You get to the place where you're on the edge. I mean, listen, one more nudge, one more move, one more, one more time. And, you know, I'm just going to go over the edge here. I can't handle this anymore. I'm going to give up on this marriage. I'm going to give up on this child. I'm going to give up on my faith. I'm going to give up on this job. You know what I mean? It, you know, I, I, I keep gaining traction in, in this investment and it keeps going backwards. Or I keep gaining traction and, you know, I'm not robbing Peter to pay Paul anymore, but then I, you know, then I get to a place where I lose things and, you know, I, I can't seem to make it past this. I'm on the edge. We might get to a place where we feel like that we can't take it anymore. And I want to say when this happens, sometimes the only difference between us going on or giving up the only difference between us succeeding or failing is a simple word of encouragement. And by the way, encouragement literally means to deposit courage into someone. So don't you, isn't it awesome that the definition of inspire, right, has the word courage in it, right, or encourage in it. And encouragement is to de deposit courage. So encourage is to deposit courage, where discouragement is to withdraw courage. So if you're discouraged, with courage has been withdrawn or depleted or has left you. Encouragement is when courage is deposited or uh, dropped into your heart. And so I want to tell you that if you are ready or if somebody around you that you don't even maybe know yet that God's placed in your life is ready to give up, so we, sometimes the only difference between them giving up and going on, the only difference in them succeeding or failing is a simple word of encouragement. Encouragement doesn't mean having sympathy, by the way, or feeling bad for someone. The definition of encouragement is to inspire with courage, to help someone to continue. That's powerful stuff. So it's, it's not even just sympathizing. I understand. I mean, I get it. You know, man, that's horrible. That's, they don't need somebody to sympathize. They have sympathy. They need someone to encourage them. You know, God, uh, the Bible says that we serve a high priest. We don't serve a high priest that's not touched by the feelings of our infirmity. So he knows what it's like to be tempted. He knows what it's like to be, to experience pain and experience rejection. He knows what it's like to be tempted to be discouraged. He knows what it's like. But he also, he knows what it's like 
so he can empathize with us, but he doesn't provide sympathy. Sympathy is not what's needed, but what he does provide is encouragement through him making it. He provides inspiration. He wants to breathe life into you. He wants to bring excitement. He wants to install courage. So the definition of encouragement is to inspire courage, to help someone continue, to give aid, support, and help. It's, there's action attached to it. Encouragement is not just, I understand, but encouragement is like, you know, if you're hungry, I'm going to go get a meal and bring it back to you. It's like, it's done with action, like Mike said. It's not just your words. That's the real definition of encouragement. That's what inspiration means. It, it means to take action, support, help, provide aid. This help can come in, in, in many forms. I mean, it's come in a, a friend's loving presence. It can come in a, a letter, an email, a text message, a phone call. It can come in a form of a prayer. But the best encouragement, the true inspiration, comes in the form of truth, which is the Word of God. We desperately need God's truth. We have such a little, such a low amount of God's truth that is deposited into the daily, this daily world. Sometimes as believers, when we go to speak the truth, we preface it by what the world thinks. Mm. So we'll say, well, I, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be a judge or I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to put myself, you know, I know that there's, there's a thing people, people feel the other way. We'll start conversations. I know that there's different ways that people think and, you know, and I know there's, there's different, you know, religions and different, different, uh, beliefs that people have. But I mean, we, we steer away from the truth that comes from God's word when the truth is what's going to set them free. So we desperately need God's truth. So we feel like we can't go on anymore and life is too difficult. God comforts us with the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, our counselor, and our encourager. He inspires us. Come on, man. That's powerful stuff right there. That's powerful stuff right there. He, he, we, we can't forget that, by the way. I, I was uh, reading, a, um, reading something on, on the uh, Holy Spirit, and um, I kind of put this aside in, uh, in some notes to study it at a later time because it just really intrigued me. Um, but the Holy Spirit, listen to this, and we were talking a little bit ago about John the Baptist, but there's this one place in the Bible where Jesus comes um, to, to the River Jordan, and John the Baptist is going to baptize him. He's looking for him. And check this out. It's a place where all three of the Godhead is present. And there's really three times in the Bible where they actually talk to each other. And that's in creation, when God looks at Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and he said, let's create man in our image. And, right. he's, and he's talking to them. They're all three there. They're all three there, but I'm saying they're all three like talking. And then at this moment here at the river, and I'll tell you that in a minute, and then at the transformation where, you know, um, where Jesus descends, and um, they're all there. But at this river moment, it's interesting because Jesus gets baptized. Jesus in the flesh comes out of the river, standing there. The Holy Spirit falls on him like a dove on Jesus, and then God speaks from heaven and says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. They all come together right there. It's pretty powerful. And I believe this, the Holy Spirit the comforter, the helper, the counselor, the encourager. That's how God can inspire us every day. And can I just tell you, that's how you inspire others. 
It's not in your, it's not in your strength. It's not in your strength. You got something to say, Mike? I was going to say, when we go back um, to the fire, we were talking about, you know, fire in the first part of this podcast, and you said something that um, obviously I wanted to kind of hit back on. I remember um, when I was younger, I was in the car with my grandmother, and we were, I don't even remember where we were driving. We were driving somewhere, and all I could see was just the smoke. There was some big fire somewhere, and we were driving kind of towards it, not on purpose, it was just there. And I just remember, you know, I'm like maybe seven or eight years old, but I remember that as we were driving, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I kept wondering what's on fire? Where is this coming from? And then when we finally got to a point where you could see it, it ended up being, I don't know, it was like a, like a, I don't know, some farm, like they had a fire running. Mm -hmm. But I remember going by it and I remember I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And the reason I couldn't take my eyes off of it is fire is such an uncommon thing in today's world. You don't see fire. I mean, you can see it on a TV. You can, you know, Netflix has it at Christmas time where you can have a fireplace on your TV for however many hours you want. But fire is such an uncommon thing nowadays. So for us, I think the importance of the fire is like when we are on fire, when we are lit, as you said in your notes, it causes everybody to look. And not yeah. only does it inspire, it inspires because people are wondering what is going on. Well, they're looking for they're looking for an answer that's found in the in the fire and the light that's in your life in the Lord, and and it, and it, they're looking for that. And God provides this encouragement. This is we have a few more minutes, but this is where we have to we have to this is where we have to get it because tomorrow we're going into a different a different direction. We're going into nobility, and then we're going to end with steadfast. But I want to say this: He provides this encouragement through relationships. Mm-hmm. God uses regular people like you and me to be agents of encouragement, right? He comforts us through other people who are willing to come alongside us and encourage us when we're weak. In the same way, we, each of us are called to be comforters and agents of God's love to those around us who are weak and afflicted. I'm going to give you really quick why we're, in, why we're called to be encouragers or inspiration or inspire. Number one, God commands it. God did not design us to make us here on this earth alone. We were designed to have authentic, caring relationship. So God also promises to comfort us when we're facing difficult circumstances. So you can take comfort in the fact that 2 Corinthians 1, 4 so, says, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. That's scripture. Second reason we're called, sin is deceitful. If left to ourselves, we will start going into denial. We'll begin compromising what we believe. So all of us need encouragement to guard against the complacency in our walks with God. Third reason we're called to encourage is spiritual growth requires it. In Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 3, 2, Paul tells the church, the persecuted church, he says that he is sending them Timothy who will strengthen and encourage them in their faith. So in a similar way, we're instructed to help ignite the faith of others who are feeling discouraged. So just like Paul was sending somebody to the church, I'm going to send somebody to encourage you. God has sent you and I to encourage others. And God has sent others to encourage us. And the last reason we're called to encourage, we lose perspective so easily. In 2 Corinthians 7, 3, 7, we read how Paul, even Paul, I mean, this is the guy that wrote three quarters of the New Testament. He was faced with so much discouragement that he lost his perspective. Have you ever lost your perspective? And he was ready to quit his ministry. The guy who wrote three quarters of the New Testament, but God comforted him by restoring his spiritual perspective. 
And as believers, we're also called to motivate others to righteous and holy living to help restore their perspective by giving them God's truth. I mean, really summing it up, right? Every day Christians like you and me are supposed to aid. We're supposed to help. We're supposed to support, intercede for one another, comfort those who are experiencing affliction. When we do this, our their faith grows stronger, and then they're motivated towards God, towards righteousness. So my question is this. Are there people in your life who are discouraged and going through a difficult time? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a rhetorical question, right? That's, that means it's unanimously yes. Maybe someone even is listening now that you are discouraged and going through a difficult time. So I'm going to challenge us to be encouragers and be the encouragers that God has called us to be. And let's help each other to be successful and to finish this life well. What do you say? That's inspiration, by the way. That's inspiration. I think the question of the day is, what can you do to inspire somebody around you today? What can you do? What can you do to encourage somebody around you? You know, we talk about it, you know, back to the fire analogy. We talk about, you know, when things dry up for you. What happens to dry things when you put them near fire? They burn. It catches on fire. So be, not only be a fire yourself, but allow that fire to inspire somebody else and get their fire going today. I think that's the biggest thing I could say is find something that's going to inspire somebody around you today, whether that's a simple pat on the back, whether that's a simple uplifting word, whether that's doing something, you know, that you've never done before and stepping out of your comfort zone. Amen. I'm going to pull the definition. Tomorrow, day four of the series, gains. What gain? Hopefully you already feel swole a little bit. You know, hopefully you already feel like since Monday, you already feel like you have increased, right? Because we are gaining in God this week, and that's it. Gains, we started with grace, then we went to the A, attitude. Today is the I, inspiration. Tomorrow is nobility or being noble. What does that mean, Mike? So the nobility definition is the quality of being noble in character, mind, birth, or rank. Mm. So to break it down a little bit uh, further, the definition of noble, belonging to a of higher Heredi- hereditary hereditary class of high, high social political status, aristocrat, which that's going to be a fun little turn, mm-hmm. but having or showing fine personal qualities of or high moral principles and ideals. So let me just say it this way: we're not talking we're not talking about high class, you know, like uh, the, the 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 monarchs of uh, of of a country. We're not talking about that noble class because that means nothing to the Lord. Okay, what we're going to talk about is the the scripture that says, "I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ." And I'm the head and not the tail. We're going to discuss. We're going to discuss your birthright when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to talk about tomorrow. So we're going to talk about that because listen, we move from grace of God, which we need, but then the grace of God is there and given to us for a purpose, and that is, and let's get our attitude right. And the purpose is to inspire. And now we're going to realize as we move into this inspiration that we are qualified because He has qualified us, and then we're going to move into being steadfast and standing our ground on that. All right. I hope you guys see us uh, tomorrow. We appreciate you listening. Thank you all for listening. We hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early at 8.30. Song of the day today is Touch the Sky from Hillsong United. Great song, great uplifting song. I actually played the, picked the acoustic version because it's a little bit more laid back. But thank you all for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. And on that note, we out. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast and you want to connect further, check out the David Villa's Game Changer group on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the next episode of Game Changer.